Here it is. Again. And it's cold. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knight of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I am Joseph. Welcome to the January-February 1979 edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave 1976 to 1986. This is it! Season 3 is upon us! Yay! We are going to spend it examining the music of 1979. So I guess it's only logical that we start at the beginning with January and February. Um, we've got follow-ups from two artists whose 1978 releases landed on my top 10 of the year for 1978. Um, so I'm excited to see if the new stuff holds up. Yeah. But first, let's kick it off with a band that Rob is always happy to hear from. And I'm happy to get it <laughs> over with and out of the way. Uh, this is a cut from Generation X's uh, sophomore release. I'm lying here, waiting for a hero to rise. But the lazy man lies back instead. No one hears the young man when he's alone. Planning to kill someone. talk a little bit more about that album and give it a little bit of love once we take care of some business joseph what do you think i i gotta say just right <laughs> off the bat i am so excited about this playlist this playlist is um what a fantastic way to uh to start out the new season i mean i in in my personal opinion we've just gotten through the low point on the playlist and it's not a bad song but you know it's it is all you know it all gets better from here uh, so oh, we got so much to cover we do first things first though i want to remind every well i want to welcome everybody to season three it's finally here. We're very, very excited. I also want to remind everybody that um, we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. Um, although this is an opinion show, we always try to be mindful not to get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was created uh, in a pretty unique period in time. 
Rob, do you want to give us a little history lesson about what was going on in January, February of 1979 that helped make it uh, so unique? <laughs> so much of it was going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the number one song in the U.S., or I should say number one songs in the U.S., La Freak by Chic. Do You Think I'm Sexy by Rod Stewart. God, I remember that playing all the time. Uh. Notable movies were The Deer Hunter, Love at First Bite, and The Warriors. I definitely remember that one. TV premieres were The Dukes of Hazard, And uh, some things happened connected to uh, two music that we're working on right now. Sid Vicious goes on trial for the murder of his girlfriend, Nancy Spungen. Um, by the way, the first human was killed by a robot in 1979. Uh, Brenda Spencer kills two inspiring Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays, which is Probably my favorite Boomtown Rats song. Sad, sad, sad thing. And the U.S. Network, Nickelodeon, and C-SPAN were founded, which really surprised me. I thought those were more recent things, but uh, yeah, 1979, January yeah. and February. There you go. I think we should probably clarify one of those things a little bit. Uh, yeah. The the question of the first human killed by a robot. So this is this is a factory worker in an auto plant gets killed by a robotic arm. Not laser. Not laser beams. No. No. Yeah, yeah. no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. I saw Di- like I that. saw Disney's Black Hole. Those robots were gnarly. <laughs> yeah. I cannot tell you how excited. There are so many, so many pleasant surprises. Um, uh, this this episode, I'm really excited to get to them. A couple more little points of business. Uh, last episode, the um, bonus episode for February, we did a couple of little teasers of more obscure bands that were debuting in oh, yeah. 1979. I think it's only fair now that we reveal what those uh, songs were. Um, what was your choice? Well, I picked Dragon Lady, and uh, I picked this. I picked this song because by, I thought by it the was, Germs. By the Germs, yeah, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I thought that this song was. I. I I thought it would be a, a real sneaky one to put in there too. Uh, you know, I, I I wondered if it stumped anybody, but if there's Germs fan out there, they'll they'll know that song. Yeah, and my pick was uh, the Surfman by um, a Southern California band called the Surf Punks. That that was that, harder to sneak in. I gotta say that it was oh, almost yeah? ob- it was almost obvious. You know, the Surfmen, Surf Punks. But again, I think yeah. you probably had to know the band. So, um, something, a couple of, a couple of albums to look forward to, not part of January, February, but we will definitely get to them this season. Uh, one other thing, a bit of a goof on my end. So last episode, we talked about, uh, a suggestion that we got from one of our listeners, Sean, uh, who asked about Peter Hamill. And we actually, when we recorded the episode, we spent like 10 or 15 minutes talking about it. We played a song. We <laughs> went into my history with, yeah. with Peter Hamill. And then when I was editing, everything went too long, and so I had to cut some stuff out. And I just did a bad edit. So in the episode, we like mention his suggestion, but we don't resolve it. We didn't like talk about what how we were going to proceed forward with that (laughs) i was familiar with peter hamill with 
but not his entire catalog. It never occurred to me that he did some new wave stuff. Um, so Sean suggested a couple of albums, and um, we will probably include those albums when, when we get to them chronologically. Right on. Yeah, thanks, Sean. That's everything that I wanted to cover before we get into the good stuff. Um, what about you, Rob? Was there anything... No, man. I mean, I'm like you. I'm really excited about this playlist. Um, I'm I'm even excited about Generation X. Uh, <laughs> but it's just again, I, I do want to point out it is an amazing playlist. And this is the first episode of season three. It's just going to get better from here. Yeah, well, you should be excited about Generation X because that's sort of your job. It is. That's, that, that's it your is. job on the podcast to well, get excited my, about Generation X. M- my point is, is I might be the only one excited by Generation <laughs> X. I, you know what? I, and I bet we've no, got some listeners out there that, that really yeah, there's, understand. There's lots of fans. We don't, we don't know of Generation X because they yeah. suck. Not I mean, all. yeah. So, so anyways... Um, uh, I guess the first question for you is: Did you like this better than the than their debut album? Um, for the longest time, I loved their debut album more when I was younger. Um, recently, listening to uh, Valley of the Dolls, which is their second album, I have gotten to love this album quite a bit. Um, it's a whole different sound. It's a whole different Generation X, but uh, I mean, it's good. I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Did, did did we actually mention the name of the song that we featured at the top? I'm not sure that we did. No, no we didn't. So the song that we did feature at the top was uh, Paradise West. And, you, you know, I, I kind of threw that song out there because I think it was a really good example of uh, some pretty clean vocals by Billy Idol. I just, I, I think it was just a really interesting song, too, as far as, like, what he's singing about, as far as things he was into or things you know things that he likes to do with his time but <laughs> uh yeah that was paradise west by by generation x mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i um i like this album a little bit better than their first one yeah. um there there were a couple of songs that I liked more than anything off of their first album so i uh-huh. liked the title track and there was one more I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, but it's still this is not. I mean, I want to keep an open mind about sure. Generation X, and I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. But my sense moving forward is my attitude is going to be basically when it comes to like Billy Idol slash uh, Generation X, my attitude is going to be like. Wake me up when we get to Rebel Yell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this was definitely a step away from the punk band, the punk genre for, for Billy Idol and Generation X. In fact, Billy Idol was was kind of promoting that uh, they've sort of exercised the ghost of, of punk rock, and now they have, you know, gone on to something else. And um, I, you could definitely tell this is a rock album and not so much a punk album. Uh, but again, it's it's you you feel it moving towards Rebel Yell. You feel it t- moving towards what Billy Idol really wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and and um, I mean, the Valley of the Dolls, the title track, is is one of the singles. So that was definitely one that they felt was one of the best songs. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I 
I don't know what to say more about the album. I mean, I've got some things. I, I just love this. I love this album. I love the band. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you that uh, the song that you picked, Paradise West, is one of my least favorite songs mm-hmm. off of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of sounds to me like mid to late 80s, like hair metal ballad mm, okay. type yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, which might be why it appeals to you but it is not for me (laughs) (laughs) that could that could very well be so that is uh generation x's uh sophomore album called valley of the dolls yeah yeah yeah. um so it are you going to consider it for your top 10 i have a feeling some people might add it in their top 10 as far as me there's just so much good stuff out there so it's not going to make my list unfortunately oh so before we go on to the next album i i want to point out that the first two albums that we're talking about, so uh, Generation X and then Elvis Costello and the Attractions Armed Forces, which we're about to get into, were both released in January of 1979. And then after that, we'll go into February. So the only two albums that we identified that were relevant for us released in January were Generation X and Elvis Costello in the attractions um, Armed Forces. So this is Elvis Costello's third album, but his second album with the attractions. Um, the hits off of this album were Oliver's Army, Accidents Will Happen, and What's So Funny About Love and Understanding. Uh, we have heard uh, several songs off of this album already because we've already done a deep dive on Elvis Costello. So we heard the song Goon Squad, we heard Senior Service, and we heard Big Boys. This is Rolling Stone's 475th greatest album of all time, mm-hmm. and Q Magazine considers it, it the 45th greatest British album of all time. Wow. Of all time. Yeah, of nice. all time. Nice. So so there's that. Um, it is probably my very favorite Elvis Costello album. Although it is, um, it's kind of a much more laid back, modest affair uh, compared to his first two albums. So, so how are you feeling about this? You know, I actually really like this album a lot. In fact, I liked it better than the last one as well. Now, you know, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. Elvis Costello fan, but I am mm-hmm. kind of really appreciating a lot of his work, and especially the stuff with the attractions. So I'm yeah. digging it. I'm, I'm really liking it. Yeah, so uh, we got a couple of songs to listen to off of this album because it's a pretty awesome one. Um, what is the song that you chose to highlight f- for today? I picked I picked Green Shirt, which was a, a song that I've really wanted to play on the podcast. Even last time we were messing around with Elvis Costello, I, I wanted to hear this song. So yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm going for. This green is Shirt. This young woman on a light blue screen who comes into my house every night. She takes all the red, yellow, orange, and green, and she turns them. Yourself, but somebody's gonna get it. 
This is one of those albums for me that um, there's no like nines or tens, but they're all like sevens or eights. So this is definitely a close your eyes and pick as far as cuts. I love um, Green Shirt. Uh, it is a it's a a sneaky little song in the <laughs> sense that it it's it's quiet kind of quiet and beguiling and just kind of creeps up on you. Um, and I've just, I, I, I feel like the whole album is, is kind of like this. Um, I just, I always come back to this album when I'm yeah. in the mood for Elvis Costello. This is one of the first ones that I reach for. Um, the song I picked uh, is... Um, a song called Two Little Hitlers. My head examined and eating my eyes excited. I'd like to join the party, but I was not invited. You make a member of me, I'll be delighted. I wouldn't gravel our souls you might drown. Dirty words with dirty minds written in a toilet town. Got me a Valentine, she's a smooth operator. It's also calculated. She's got a calculator. She's my soft touch typewriter. And I'm a great dictator. Two little Hitlers will fight it out until one little Hitler does the other ones. Well, I will return. I will not burn. A simple game of self-respect. You flick the switch and the world goes It's a great song, and when I'm looking at this album, I'm thinking that, you know, Green Shirt, this song, I mean, like you said, there's no nines or tens, but there's a lot of sevens and eights, and I think most of the songs on this album kind of fit within that seven and eight category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it was a good choice. It's yeah, really good you choice. know, I, I want to backtrack a little bit. I would, I would call Goon Squad... Oh yeah, uh, a solid nine. I <laughs> yeah. love Goon Squad. Um, Probably my that was favorite the, as well. Yeah, that was the song that that I featured in the favorite new wave artists episode. So that mm. was actually the first Elvis Costello song that we ever heard on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it is definitely one of my favorites. So that is. Um, Elvis Costello and the Attractions Armed Forces. It is definitely going to be on my top 10. I think any Elvis Costello album that's released in the late 80, uh, late 70s, early 80s should be considered by anyone who takes the, the rankings seriously. Mm -hmm. Um and I don't expect it to be in the top five because, as I said before, it is it is a little – it's modest and a little unambitious compared to some of his other work. But um, uh, definitely, definitely uh, one that you should not overlook. Sure. So we ready to move yeah. into uh, uh, February? 
Absolutely. So kicking off February, uh, Bill Nelson's Red Noise, which is a band that I am totally new to. I have n- never in my in my memory have I ever heard these guys before. Um, their album, Sound on Sound, came out in February 1979. Um, singles for that album were Furniture Music, uh, Revolt into Style, and oh yeah, those were the two singles, both great songs. So the new wave. This is a new wave band formed by Bill Nelson, obviously, and his his brother Ian, uh, Andy Clark, and Rick Ford. And um, they had they had one studio album. It was through Harvest Records, and it was recorded in London, and uh, produced by John Leckie and, and Bill Nelson. So this is Bill Nelson's baby, really. Like this is something that he had been kind of nurturing for a long time. This album. Um, he had another band before this called Bebop Deluxe, and he wasn't digging it so much. He was heading out. So what he had done is he comprised a bunch of music, and he was hoping to make that music the first album for Bill Nelson's Red Noise, but instead they used it for Bebop. Um, but that didn't stop him from moving on and doing some great things. So um, the first uh, the first song I think we should play off of Sound on Sound is uh, Art Empire Industry by Bill Nelson's Red Nose. Paintings are subversive Freedom as machines Apprentice propaganda Oh, we don't have to sing Art Empire Industry Art Empire Industry Art Empire Industry When I first heard this album, I, I really liked it. Now, the thing is, is I thought this is definitely a New Wave album. But one of my first thoughts was, I bet Joseph really enjoys this album. I, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that you're going to like this, right? Did, did you enjoy it? Uh, so um, let me answer that by <laughs> um, talking about something that's going to sound completely irrelevant for a second. Oh, okay. Um, or actually ask you a question. Do you own a record player? I, I no longer have a record player. Yeah. I, I, have, I haven't owned a record player since my 20s. Uh-huh. And I've been kind of... Over the last year, I've been kind of toying with the idea of maybe getting one. Um, yeah. I, I don't have any vinyl anymore, but, you know, I still, the I still idea. Have some vinyl. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I've mostly been toying with the idea of getting it because I built this, like, whole entertainment nook, like a gaming nook that's for board games, not for video games. Um, mm-hmm. And I have like all of these shelves and I was just like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a record player on there and I could start <laughs> getting records again? Well, I think that this album is the the tipping point for me. I think I'm going to get a record player because I have to have this album. Um, it is it is not on Spotify. Um, it is... 
it at one point it was released on on CD, but when I went looking, the you know the prices were way because it's out of print, so it was like yeah. way too much to spend for for a CD. But there seems to be a fair amount of of used vinyl out there, so. That was like the sign that I was um, waiting for to get a, a <laughs> turntable because I have to own this album. I mm -hmm. never heard of the band, never heard of the album, never heard of any of the songs, any of the music. Uh, this album is kind of a revelation. I mean, it is so new wavy mm -hmm. considering where we're at. Um, chronologically, historically, it just, it feels like way ahead of the curve, um, in a lot of ways. I mean, it also, a lot of it is sounding pretty familiar. So I'm, I'm hearing like a lot of, um, like magazine, particularly yeah, in the vocals. Right. Right. Um, I'm hearing a lot of early Devo, but I'm also hearing some Devo, like what Devo is going to sound like in a couple of years. That's right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm hearing Oingo Boingo. I'm, but I'm also hearing a lot of just like straight ahead, not so much in the vocals, but in the instrumentation, like straight ahead new wave that is going to be like a dime a dozen in two years. Um, I... I I don't know that I love this album because I haven't listened to it enough, but it is I I I feel uh, confusion and shame that I'm <laughs> only now becoming aware of the existence of this album. I why? Love it. <laughs> I mean, why? It just yeah. it seems wrong. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah, so th so that was your pick, and of course I had to hear um, uh, my favorite song off of this album. So many good ones, but um, the song "Stay Young" particularly stands out for me. It's just like everything that I love about New Wave. Red Noise, one and only studio LP called Sound on Sound. Um, I am going to be talking about this album throughout the season. This is like the benchmark for me now. I am so excited about this album. Um, I haven't lived with it long enough to, to say for certain that it's going to be on my top 10, but I'd be shocked if it if it doesn't make an appearance, but you never know, you know, sometimes stuff gets old really fast. So, so we will see, but, um, this is, this is an important album. I think, 
um, yeah. as as a new wave like milestone in artifact and. I don't know why I'm just hearing about it now. Who who do I complain to about that? <laughs> hey, I did want to bring up something. You mentioned a record player. I um, You'll be interested in hearing this. So a long time ago, I inherited three records, three albums from a friend. Um, and then I have some others just sitting around. One of which is the Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Uh, one of which is... Elvis Costello's Armed Forces, and I had forgotten about that until now. It's sitting in storage, waiting oh, for yeah. me to get a record player. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, let's move on to our next album. Another debut um, from a Scottish band called Skids. Uh, the album is titled Scared to Dance. Um, and this is so uh, Stuart Adam Adamson is a member of this band. Um, will go on to be a founding member of Big Country, and I had never heard of Skids before. But of course, being here in the United States and listening to pop radio at the time, I was familiar with Big Country. Yeah. When you listen to this album, it doesn't you you would never go, oh, is that big country? But you can kind of hear this sort of big country signature guitar sound. Some people refer to it as bagpipe guitar. Um, in here, if you're if you're listening for it, I don't I don't know that it's necessarily true for the song that we're going to feature tonight, but um, it is. This is. And well, how how are you on this on this album? Is this is this doing it for you? You know, I I like the album okay. I'll be honest, but only okay. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I I really enjoyed a hand like a small handful of songs on it, but um, to me, it it I don't know. I wasn't getting I wasn't really getting attached to it, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I I like it. I enjoyed it, but I can't, I can't get excited about it. A lot of it reminds me of sort of like boring U2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's got that sort of a sort of a feel to it, so it's it's admirable and there's nothing like incompetent about it, but it's just there's nothing bright and spiky about it. It, right. it all feels a little leaden to me. Um, so anyways, let's let's listen to uh, your pick off of this album. Uh, what did you pick? Big dossier of fallibility. chose this song because I I really dug the kind of um I don't know how to how to say it other than discordant uh you know vocal 
techniques that the lead singer's using. Also, the drums in the back. The drums are just kind of up, down, up, down, up, down, all around. It's, I mean, it, it's kind of a, you're listening to the song in headset, and at some point you feel like you're drunk and wobbling around the streets. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of rough to me, you know, but I like mm-hmm, that about mm-hmm. it. I really like that about it. Yeah, um, I don't love this song, but I like it a lot. And I do think it is one of the high points of the album. Um, I, you know, the, the, it's a little bit more dynamic than a lot of the other songs and, or really most of the other songs. And um, although it's not like super fast or loud, I think the energy is a little bit higher than a lot of the other cuts. Um, so, so a really solid album. Um, uh, but this is, this is fundamentally not the kind of post punk that, that I really gravitate to. Um, it, it would be interesting to hear, um, you know, to get somebody's point of view who is, who is really an active fan, um, because I'm not, I, I've just, I guess I just haven't quite wrapped my brain around exactly what this band is about. Now, this is, this is just their debut album. They have, they have other releases coming down the pike, so it'll be interesting to see, um, how they evolve, but, um, I, I don't know that I'm going to be coming back to this album much, if at all, uh, but it's good to, good to have it, you know, yeah, to have the experience of knowing what this kid's debut album was all about. Well, I'm hoping that they move on to some, some really great stuff, you know, I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. kind of seeing what they become in the future. So moving on to our next album, uh, we're covering an album or covering a band that I really like, and I think you do too. This is Split Ends Frenzy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Frenzy is the band's fourth studio album. It's the first album, by the way, that features Neil Finn on lead vocals. Uh, it's produced by Split Ends themselves, David Tickle and uh, Mallory Earl. With uh, it's, it's got a musical style influenced by kind of vaudevillian uh, theater. You know this this like kind of whimsical outrageous um vibe and i'll be honest i watched a lot of music videos with this band and they're as visual uh i mean i you know they're a very visual band very very theatrical and it definitely comes out in their sound so uh pretty amazing stuff this split ends uh, mm-hmm. Very colorful. Very colorful. This is the third of their albums mm-hmm. that we've talked about. So we talked about their second and third albums, and um, I agree with everything that you say, particularly about the Valvillian part. Yeah. However, it is much less so than the the <laughs> albums before it. Yeah. Right. This is so true. This is true. Yeah. So the way I feel, I'm. I'm excited about this album and I'm excited about split ends and seeing how, the, how they evolve. Yeah. The, the second and third albums were the energy was so high, but it was just, I would get lost. You know, they, they were just jumping within one song. There would be, it would jump into 20 different parts in right. seven different musical styles and so eclectic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Much so more focused. I think that um, Finn's presence here 
uh, really makes all the difference in it, the world. It does, yeah. I think by this time, too, they wanted to like move into a more focused pop sound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was part of the choice that they made in this new album. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would say about this album that it is it is definitely appropriate to be talking about on a podcast uh, about new wave music. Uh, so there's nothing inappropriate about that, but it is just as much sort of pop and rock and progressive rock as it is new wave at yeah, this point. Um, but still really good. And they're, they, I mean, as a band, they are super tight. So, uh, so we're going to play one of your songs, uh, the song that you chose first, Joseph. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear what that is. Yeah, um, that's a song called Mind Over Matter. Mind puts you at a disadvantage, ten quite enjoyed this song i gotta say uh but then again i quite enjoyed pretty much the whole album um you know i i really loved that crazy puppy energy and uh, (laughs) (laughs) i i really did i mean i enjoyed their their earlier stuff but i'm with you on the fact that they're really tight and this album i think they're even tighter it's although they've been you know they have a relationship every member of the band and all the instruments and they always have but this it just sounds more mature and i don't know it's just it's a great song it's a great song mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was a good choice on your part yeah yeah um it is um not my favorite song off of the album my favorite song is was actually your pick i think that and i'm going to assume this is your favorite song too it in is. my mind it is by far the high point of this album. I love this song. Yeah. Yeah. So I picked I picked Marooned. And I'll tell you that I am surprised this was not a single for the album because I agree. I think it is the high point. It's and it's right in the middle of the album too. So it everything works up to it and everything after is coming, you know, coming off of it. So um all right, let's listen to it. So yeah, that was uh, that was Split Ends, uh, February 1979 album Frenzy. I, I think it's uh, a solid album. I think that I am really considering putting this on our uh, 
uh, on our top 10 list, or at least my, you know, on my top 10 list for, for the end of the year. Um, what do you think, Joseph? Um, well, I think you should do it if you yeah. think it's one of the 10 best albums of the year. Um, well, we've got, I, we've got a whole year to go, but it's getting yeah. close. It'll be close. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be in serious consideration for, for me, but if it shows up as somebody's number one, I, I won't scratch my head. I totally get it. I totally see the appeal of this album. Yeah. Uh, it's got a very specific, um, a very kinetic, frantic energy that I could see somebody just thinking this is the greatest album ever made. Yeah. Stiff Little Fingers came out with an inflammable material. Uh, it's the band's first album. Um, now, this this band has always been a band that's familiar to me. Um I I've always really enjoyed them. So they're a band from Ireland, um, and they wrote and performed songs that were basically about the crap that they were going through. You know, um, it was during a really bad time in Ireland's modern history. They recorded songs uh, about that time, about the troubles, as they're called. They uh, they also have songs about being angsty teenagers and the sketchiness of of. You know, the people they dealt with, the recording industry, for one thing, calling it dishonest. Mm -hmm. It was received very favorably back in the day, and it even reached number 14 on the UK charts. Mm -hmm. I dig it. I mean, I, I think it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a working man's album, and uh, I, I have a lot of respect for that. So, Have you in the past owned any of their albums? No, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, okay. All right. So, so my experience with Stiff Little Fingers... Um, I probably would never have heard of them until we started the show, except uh -huh. for yes. in high school, I had a friend um, named Joya Flores, who um, who had similar tastes as, as I and had a cool older brother who knew a lot about, you know, music that nobody else knew about at the time. Uh -huh. And she always raved about Stiff Little Fingers, but I never actually heard them. And then every once in a while, I would, you know, come across a, a sing, a, one of their songs on a compilation. And it just like never resonated with me. So I never got around to actually seeking, you know, their work out. Um, and... I, now that I've lived with this album some, I'm not, I think that that's just fine. I don't mm -hmm. feel like I was missing anything. I think it's a, it's a solid album, yeah. but I don't hear much. I mean, if it had come out in 1976 or 1977, wow. Right. right. But now it's, it's feeling, it's sounding pretty familiar. It's a good, solid album. Right. The song that I was mostly familiar with is popped up on a couple of compilations. I think is their most famous song is off of this album called Suspect Device. I don't think it was like a real big hit, but I think it's probably their most famous song. That's a pretty good song. Well, um, 
I have to say, when you mentioned that it's a solid album, and you've heard songs here and there individually, listening to the songs individually, I feel like to really appreciate even a song, you have to hear the whole album because it it kind of brings it all together. Um, mm-hmm. But but I I just really dig their sound. Um, so you, we're gonna listen to your song first. What did uh, what did you choose? Yeah, you know, I was. Um originally not going to pick a song off of this mm. album because, you know, we can't feature two songs off of every album. I was just going to defer to your pick. And then I saw your pick, which I love, but I felt like the song that you picked is very different than most of the album. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like kind of obligated to um, include the song no more of that, which sounds more like the bulk of the album. I really like this song, but I would say that, um, well, we'll, we'll talk about your pick when we get to it, but, um, most of the album sounds like they just listen to the Clash's first album a lot. And this song is kind of in that vein, but it's a very catchy song. I really like this song. Yeah, no more. That's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid tune, and uh, you know, we we mentioning this. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say the song I picked. The reason I did pick it was because it stood out, and you know, I tend to do that. And I should really keep in mind that it's it's not fully representative of the album. So I might I don't know. I might change that up, but. Rob, that's what I'm here for, right? You got it. You got I'm, it. Okay. I, I, I'm your ballast, man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I keeping got me, your back. Keep me. All right. Then I'll, I'll keep on keeping on. <laughs> you go do your freaky stuff. I'll, I'll be your it. anchor, man. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, so the song I picked is a, is a tune called "Closed Groove," and like I said, to me, this song sticks out ab- above all the others as far as uh, the sound. It's really, it's a big sound that I I really like. The case for racism is black and white If you want world peace you've got to fight Must do what you're told to be free Think what you like if you agree with me Beep beep, I'm an answering machine I mean to say, I say what I mean Beep beep, I've got very strong views Plug in any loop tape you choose of love this song um i'm not sure that i would say that it's the best song on the album because i really do like um no more of that just as much but i will say it's the coolest song on the album yeah i mean 
there there is some stuff going on that I really like that you don't see in any of the other cuts. So if you just heard this song, you would think that this the the this band is more like a wire or a, or a um, gang of four, whereas at least for this album, they're much more like a Clash's first album kind of a sound. <laughs> um, what do you think? Top ten a contender, maybe? Um, I bet that it makes somebody's top ten list. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's pretty, at least here in the States, it's awfully obscure still. Um, so I would be... I. Neither of us predicted it to be on the um, the final top ten for for seventy nine, but I think that it is it is not an album to just be dismissed without giving it a fair crack. I think right, it's got some sure. real substance to it for sure. I'm gonna keep it in my pocket. Maybe uh, I don't know. It might it might at least be on the top ten. We'll see. Mm, Again, mm-hmm. I it's hard for me to say. I had a hard time making my predictions because there are so many amazing albums coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. So that is uh, Stiff Little Fingers' debut album called Inflammable Material. So at the top, I mentioned that there were two artists who had um, albums in my top 10 of 1978. So one of them was Elvis Costello, obviously. The second one is the um, sophomore release from uh, Lene Lovich called Flex. Oh, and I, I must uh, point out at this point that um, the, the next, this and the next two albums, we don't actually know the month that they were released. We know that they were released sometime in 1979, and we had some extra slots in this episode, so we're sticking them in here. They probably were released later in the year, but, you know, that's just sort of the way that it goes. Rob, mm-hmm. we we <laughs> both really liked her debut album. Um, yeah. What do you think about Flex? I'm really curious to see what your reaction is, because I'm not sure yeah. how I feel about this album. I really enjoyed the album. In fact, there's two songs, I think two songs on the album that I just don't care for. Mm. Uh, one, um, she's making some sound that sounds like a porpoise call, and it kind of kills the entire song for me. Um, <laughs> the others, um, but the others are amazing. I, I, I like the lyrics. I like the, the instruments. Uh, to me, it's it's just a fun kind of kind of a beautiful album. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I mean I feel like um, the growth that we're hearing is more like production related uh-huh. and yeah. and arrangement related. It really does feel like a fairly typical sophomore album in the sense that. Um, you know, all of the great songs that she wrote as a struggling artist, she used up on the first album. And so the, this bunch of songs sounds a little banged out in the songwriting department, Uh, but, um, but it is, um, more sophisticated in the execution of it. Um, I really enjoy it. I think it's a very steady, almost 
too steady of an album where the songs kind of like blend into each other. It gets a little mm, samey yeah. sounding. Yeah. That's um, but but it, it's a good album. It doesn't. Well, actually, I her first album I liked the more that I listened to it. So yeah. I'm gonna reserve my judgment on this one because I've really only listened to it about three times. Uh, so we will see if it grows on me like the first one. But I was um, not disappointed, but, um, well, yeah, I guess I was a little disappointed. I wasn't dismayed when I heard this album, but I was a little disappointed. Um, you know, it's I was hoping that it would be an arc upward, and this feels like a bit of a dip. Yeah. From, from her last album so let's uh let's go ahead and listen to um my favorite song off of this album called what will i do without you i take disasters in my stride hey I do without you definitely my favorite song on the album um i think i listened to this song probably five times and i've only listened to the album twice mm-hmm. so it's uh I, I dig it i dig it a lot so that's uh Lene lovich's uh second album called flex i don't know about this i i i mean if if her debut album didn't didn't make our final top ten, I don't think this stands a chance. Um, but I can't say that it's not worth a listen for anyone who's not familiar with it's yeah. uh, it's it's quite good. But you know, if if the first one didn't make your list, I can't imagine that this one would. That's yeah. kind of where well, I land on this. What do, what do you think? I I am sad to say it's not gonna it's I'm not considering it. Um, mm, again, mm. there's too much too much, and then not only that, but I can already off off the top of my head think of you know ten bands that I would rather have on the list. So, mm, mm, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, afraid not. Yeah. Uh, going on to our next album is a band that I'm really getting to dig like quite a bit. So this is Crass with Stations of the Crass. Uh, this is their second studio album. Uh, they originally released it as a, uh, they, they released two 12 inch, uh, discs. Um, it included live tracks from a gig recording that was done in a pub in London. Um, and that's, that, that's, it, it really makes for a fat album. Before we move on from that, I want to talk about that. Can, can we talk about that for a second? Because this is, and this is kind of this Crass is this kind of a band, right? Mm-hmm. Right, where they just—I'm learning—they just kind of do shit that nobody, yeah, has ever done before. <laughs> yeah. So this is a so this was released as a double album. Three sides had studio uh, 
cuts and yeah. one side had, was all live. Yeah. The three sides that were studio cuts were 45 RPMs. <laughs> yep. And the live side was 33 RPMs. They did it just to fuck with you. That's what it was. <laughs> They're like, we want to mess with people's heads. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> A total of 37 tracks, 17 of which were live oh, tracks. Live. Yeah. Can you imagine playing, you know, going from side three to side four? Uh, at 45 RPM and then clicking, you know, just listening to the, that, that next side as a 45. I mean, that, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, the original criticisms of this album, uh, they weren't great, but more recently critics are listening to this. They're loving the album. All music spin, uh, critics from, from, forums like that are giving the album like eight out of 10 or four out of five stars. And, uh, and, you know, in some cases, some people are saying that this is uh, clearly one of the greatest punk albums of all time. So um, I love Crass for their, for their uh, experimentation and their, uh, I, I don't want to call it belligerence, but maybe it is. Maybe it's belligerence. I don't know. Uh, at any rate, uh, Stations of the Crass is a really cool, al uh, cool album. Is, it, is there a word that means doesn't give a fuck? Yeah, doesn't give a fuck, because they is, don't. Is, is that belligerent? <laughs> I guess that's belligerent. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, let's. we should get into the music, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, I chose the song... I chose the song Systems. You swear by the fuck you like, but you're still on a roof. I'm not gonna chase the system. They're not gonna chase the system. We're not gonna chase the system. Where the hell are you? Where the hell are you? Shut up, that's a bunch of fools. Oh, no, that's a deal of fools. I'm gonna make the matter of just as it may get. Gonna swim in vigorous, feel a summer face up. Feel a summer shoe right off. Leave no option now, just what have they got? Now, Crass's debut album, that was one that, unfortunately, it was it was featured in an episode where we were, we barely got it together. So I <laughs> listened to half of the albums and you listened to half of the albums. And, and so their debut album was one that I listened to, but I don't think you ever actually listened to the full album. Right? Is well, that right? I, I did. I did go back and listen. Oh, to good. It. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And and which which one do you like better, their debut album or uh, this one? I have to say, I like this one better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is so so. Bill Nelson's Red Noise was the mind blower for me, but uh -huh. this album is you know, one step down as far as what a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. if you remember, um, when we talked, when I talked about their debut album, Cress's debut album, I was a little dismissive. I liked it. I appreciated it, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I it's, it was clear that that's not an album that I was going to go back to. Yeah. And I specifically complained about how sort of thin and tinny it sounded right. and how they were much, seemed much more interested in what they were saying as opposed to how they were saying it. Like it, as far as musicality went, 
That is not, none of that is true for this album. What a leap. I mean, it's obviously still the same band, but they sound so much better on every level. And the the musicality is not an afterthought. I love the arrangements. Right. I love some of the stuff that they're doing with the how the voices play off of the the instruments. I love this album. I think that it is uh, I I don't know why it's not like in the tier one step down from the great punk albums, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh because it is it's not like more of the same from this band or from its contemporaries. It is, they are doing their own thing. Um, and by far my, my favorite song off of this album. And I think the song that illustrates, um, the the elements that I like the most on this album is a song called Darling. This song is bananas in exactly <laughs> the right way. So let's yeah. uh, let's listen to that. Clearly one of the greatest punk albums of all time. I think you're right that, uh, you know, they stepped up and and this album came together a lot better than the last one. Um, they produced it themselves. And uh, I think in this case, it was uh, pretty much a, a move of confidence. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm really glad to hear that you enjoyed it. I absolutely love it. Crass's second album, Stations of the Crass, if it was released in 77 or even 78, I would say it was a shoe in for my top 10. Um, but I just, I know there's amazing albums coming down the road, but I, it, it's definitely going to be on a short list. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, last year I said that about like alternative TV mm-hmm. and it didn't even come close. So I know that I have a tendency just at the beginning of a season to get really excited yeah. <laughs> about this sort of stuff. And then by the end, I'm a little bit more burned out, but when it comes down for me to make decisions, I'm definitely going to go back and live yeah. with this album for a little while because uh, it is, it was such a pleasant surprise. You know, I was kind of slightly dreading it just because of my experience with their first album, but this is, it is night and day as far as quality goes. Yeah, well, I'll agree with that. You know, when when we were listening to the music, and I put a mark next to all of my favorite songs, I had to stop because I don't want to put a mark next to thirty seven out of thirty seven <laughs> tracks. <laughs> so I'm gonna put it in my pocket. I'm gonna hold on to it, and maybe I'm I'm hoping it makes my top ten. I mean, maybe maybe it won't, but so far I'm considering it. We'll yeah, what happens. And, yeah, and you know, I our. Our listeners basically come in three flavors. There's yeah. the flavor that um, 
likes both punk and new wave. There's a flavor that kind of prefers new wave to punk and then the flavor that prefer punk to new wave. And if Mm -hmm. you're in that third group, then, and this doesn't appear on your list. I, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, again, this is still the beginning of the year, so there's a long list to go until we uh, get to that point. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about the final album for discussion tonight. Um, this is the Mekon's debut album. Um, an album called, and it's going to sound like I'm not pronouncing this right, but I am. <laughs> the Quality of Mercy is not Stern. Stern. Yeah. yeah that's so right. that that is intended to be a typo for, uh, of the word strength. <laughs> so this is a, a British punk band. Um and uh, a fairly iconic, not the Clash iconic, but, you know, like one or tiers, two tiers down as far as iconic punk bands go. Um, and I had certainly heard of the Mekons, but I don't know that I'd ever heard any of their music until I sat down to listen to this album. And I think I feel... I think I'm about at the same place with this album as I as I am with the Skids album, which is pretty solid, um, but I not ex- excited about it yet. Maybe or this this okay, Rob, where are you at? Because this feels like <laughs> more like your kind of punk yeah. than my yeah, yeah. kind of punk. So I absolutely enjoyed this album. They're pretty much there's. Again, I love every song except for two. And those two, I just think are, are okay. Um, but but this album, to me, was exactly what I wanted when I listened to it for the first time. You know? Um, I love the fact that there, there, there's even a touch of the fact that they can't let go of that 50s sound. You know how they, they do uh, back in the 70s? Everybody was reaching back to the... The, the, the sound from the 50s and bringing it into their punk into their punk albums and and there's a little bit of that um, but I really enjoy what they're doing with the instruments um, and I don't know I think I think it's a great album um, you know I I, so. I hadn't thought about it but I think you probably hit on exactly what my reservation is yeah. about this yeah. because you know I'm just I love the forward thinking punk as opposed to the uh the this the bands that reference um 50s and 60s rock that's not really for me so hmm but still it's it's pretty darn good um i i i think it's a it's a it's a solid album for sure so so i picked um what I thought was my favorite song. It's, it, what I think. It, it's my favorite song on the album. Uh, I Saw You Dance. Tonight they are away. I 
Now, we put together this playlist uh, about two days ago, and I hadn't, I hadn't listened to this album for like a week before that. Uh, so, and as I've been listening to this playlist, I've, I'm warming up to this song, and I'm trying to remember, is this, is this song fairly typical of the rest of the album? Um, um, this, this song to me stands out a little bit more than the others. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not hearing any like fifties or sixties yeah. strong rock elements, yeah. um, no, no, no. in, in this song, this feels pretty contemporary for the time, um, which, which I really like. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely stands out a little bit and that's, that's part of it is that they don't, uh, you're right. It's it's pretty pretty contemporary. So, um, but I'm I'm glad to hear that you like the song. Yeah, yeah, I really do. So that is um, the Mekon's debut album. Um, the quality of Mercy is not strong. Um, and I, 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 I think the Mekons are iconic enough that um, punk fans. Uh, will be tempted to to consider putting it on their their top ten or their top five or top ten um, list when they submit it. I it's not for me. I will go back and revisit it, particularly now that I've I'm enjoying the the um, I saw you dance song as much as I do. Uh, but ultimately, it's not in my sweet spot. What 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 about you? Um, I'm loving the album. I'm going to listen to it a handful of times more. Um, it might make my top 10. I don't know if it'll make my top five though. That's, that's gotta be a really good bunch of music. You know, it's gotta be a great bunch of albums. So we'll see, we'll see quality of mercy is not sterning. Uh, if they, if that album makes it to my top 10, I, I have a good feeling it'll be there though. Okay. So like for now, for right now, this second, if you could only pick one, would you pick Inflammable Materials, Stations of the Crass, or The Quality of Mercy? Oh, I'd probably have to pick Crass. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. To, to me, it is like no, no yeah. contest whatsoever. Yeah. So, okay, so a uh, real quick rundown of um, the titles that we've covered to refresh everybody's memory. So January of 1979 uh, sees the release of Generation X's Valley of the Dolls and then Elvis Costello and the Attractions Armed Forces. In February, um, Bill, Nelson's Red, uh, Bill Nelson's Red Noise, uh, the release is the only release uh, was is titled Sound on Sound. So that was in February. Also, the Skids Scared to Dance, Split Ends Frenzy, and Stiff Little Fingers Inflammable Material. And then we talked about three other albums released in 1979 um, that were probably not released in January or February, but we don't know for certain. Could be. Uh, Lene Lovich's um, Flex, Crass's Station of the Crass, and the Mekons' The Quality of Mercy is Not Stern. <laughs> so, Rob. Yes. What um, from this from this group 
here. Um, which which album gets Rob's um, uh, best of show? It's going to have to be Stations of the Crass. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I I just absolutely love. Oh man, I just absolutely loved it. Now I will say I do love Split Ends, but mm. uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. Stations of the Crass. Mm-hmm. Well, I am I am really torn for myself. I mean, I. I have always loved um, Armed Forces. It is my favorite Elvis Costello album. I've lived with it for 20-plus years. Um, So part of me picks that, but it's kind of old hat for me. So I am really excited about Bill Nelson's Red Noise. Sound on sound. I, I have no idea if at the end of the year I'm going to think it's a masterpiece, but I think there's a good chance that I will. Um, so I, I think, I think it has to go with, uh, I, I have to go with sound on sound just because that's, what's got me jazzed right now. I, uh, I would like to see a documentary on Bill Nelson's red noise, to be honest. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I think there's some dynamic stuff there, and I don't think it's just musically. I think it's uh, creatively in all fronts. So, uh, you know, I, I want, I, I want more. I want more from Bill Nelson's Red Noise. Uh, but you know, <laughs> so anyway. Awesome. Well, 1979 and season three. I couldn't Yay. think of a more <laughs> auspicious yeah. way to begin. Well, you know, what a great time to come back off of super long break, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was really a good playlist. Well, uh, because um, this episode is being released in the second half of this month, uh, of course, this is going to be the only episode this month. There will be no deep dive. Next month, there will be a deep dive. But in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be back with um, March of 1979. Once again, if you're curious about the albums that we're going to cover, stick around until the very end. After the fade out, we will pop back in and anyone who who wants to ruin the surprise can stick around and um, <laughs> start start doing a little homework uh, to be prepared for March of 1979. So... Rob, we've got I think we've got a little bit of time to talk about some other stuff. Um I'd like to talk about an email that we recently got. Um cool, yeah. is there anything on on your agenda? No, we have talked about everything awesome that I wanted to talk about. Uh oh, let's, good. let's hear what yeah, let's hear what you've got. First of all, I want to be I just want it to be noted that I am simultaneously being licked, bitten, and scratched by a kid. Yeah, oh, okay. so so I got that going for me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so we got a um an email from Keith who was reacting to our last episode, um expressed surprise that neither of us, when we were doing our predictions of what was going to uh, land on the top 10 list of 1979, neither of us listed PIL's uh, second mm-hmm. release, Metal Box. Yeah. Now, I got to say straight up uh, with PIL, I am familiar with them, but but they are, their catalog is also kind of a blind spot for me. I... 
as a teenager, I had like a best of compilation, maybe one of their studio albums that was released like in the late 80s. But other than that, I am not familiar with the actual studio albums. And if you remember for 1978, I actually did put their first album on my predictions list of making right. the top 10. And then when I actually listened to it, I just went, oh, okay, well, that was a wasted vote because there was no way that it was going to, going to make it. And I think I was a little bit burnt um, from that where I didn't consider this uh, metal box at all. Um, mm. Are you familiar with the, with the, the, the full album? I'm not. You know, I'm familiar with their songs not so much familiar with their albums mm. so I've, I've heard songs i think from everything they've done but i don't have the context to put it in and you know that came off of this album or they came, that came off of that album unfortunately um i love their stuff but again i i didn't listen to it until much later when i was listening to individual tracks pretty much mm. digitally mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of Keith, he he also mentions the fact uh, he calls 1979 as too juicy, which sounds about right. Um, And his request is that we um, solicit uh, top 10 lists from our listeners as opposed to just top five. And he he was speculating that we do that uh, right now because it helps with the with our workload. It's actually not that much of an extra work on my end um, to tally that stuff up. I I always just thought, well, if I ask for a top ten, that might be a little too intimidating for some people. You know, like too much work to do it. So maybe you and I can sit down to and come up with the strategy and I'm envisioning yeah. we could do something where it's like submitted list it has to have at least five can't have more than ten and it be numbered in order and then yeah. you know we can balance it out so that everything holds the same weight yeah. uh, because I would love to see people's top ten list yeah, I just for sure. I thought it was kind of a bigger ask than a top five if if for any other reason we we don't want to see Keith pulling out his hair because that's going to be too <laughs> difficult to come up with a top five. I mean, you know what? I'm with him on that. It's going to be hard to come up with a top five already. <laughs> so, so yeah, we should work something out. So I think we should. Um, I always really enjoy it when we go out on a teaser song. So um, we will pick a song off of a more obscure album. Uh, that that will be featured in um, March of 1979 episode. Um, and then, of course, if you want to hear the whole, whole rundown of what we're going to be covering, stick around after that where we'll, we'll uh, do that real quick. Otherwise, I think I've said my piece. Um, Rob, welcome to 1979. I am, oh, man. Beautiful. I'm so glad that uh, we're taking this je- journey together. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Me too. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantastic today. Fantastic playlist. Okay. Every- oh, and so next, next month we're going to go back to our uh, regular schedule, which is um, – 
episodes being released on the first and third Sundays of the month. So things will be, we, we will fully be back in the swing of things for sure. Um, so that's just a couple of weeks from now. So hold on tight. It's just right around the corner. That's it. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. Rob, I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. See ya. from March of 1979, Eddie and the Hot Rods Thriller, Fall, Live at the Witch Trials, Magazines, Secondhand Daylight, Roxy Music Manifesto, Simple Minds, Life in a Day. Squeezes, Cool for Cats, the Tom Robinson Band, TRB2, John Cooper Clark, Walking Back to Happiness, Alternative TVs, Vibing up the senile man, part one. On the bathroom wall. Oh. And we find Manhattan skyline over canopies and black wine thrusting dollar bills into my lap. Thank you for the pleasure, man.